kings and queens and in-between sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another poppin' fresh episode of Yes, Jesus! I'm Daniel Franzese, and as always, I'm here with my high bestie. Azariah Southworth. That's right, and here at Yes, Jesus, we believe... Folks are poppin' for poppers. Breathe deep the breath of God. Snap, crackle, pop, Mr. Popper's penguin poppers. That's right. <laughs> Lots of poppers be popping around here. And first, we're going to find out what's popping in Gay Christian News. Gay Christian News. Minnesota Governor Tim Wall signed an executive order banning conversion therapy for minors and vulnerable adults in Minnesota. If you look at the photos, he is surrounded by pastors, parents, and even a few kids. Oh, thank you. Thank yes. you, Governor Tim Walls, for doing what is just right yeah um we need we're on the conversion therapy countdown we need to get rid of all of these uh places so please uh keep an eye out for it um if you watch the care 11 video of the signing we'll put it on social media and in the show notes you'll see one little squirrely little girl who keeps just wanting to sit in the governor's chair while he's talking at the podium while her mom's i'm guessing that's her mom is trying to wrangle her it's just so cute (laughs) and our freaking deacon ross Uh, talked to CARE 11 to explain what conversion therapy is, what the history is, and how dangerous it is. He also talked about the film Pray Away, which is coming to Netflix August 3rd. With this executive order, Minnesota becomes the 22nd state to ban this dangerous, harmful practice. And of course, it's just an executive order which could go away with the next governor. So people are still trying to get a ban passed as a law through the state legislature. So if you are in Minnesota, let your elected leaders know you want this banned. Yes, no more. Please, conversion therapy. Uh, We pray for that. And you know what? That brings us right to our praise report and our prayer request. If you haven't joined our show before, uh, this is the part, point of our show where um, if you have a little something that you want to ask God for, you can put it in your prayer request and we'll add it to our prayer list. And if you have a little something you want to praise God for, well, then we can just praise him. So here's a prayer request. This comes to us uh, from a listener named Francisco. Francisco says, I am doing a fundraising campaign for my dissertation research expenses. In some ways, I'm used to it. I grew up poor and worked odd jobs all throughout my adolescence to pay for things that my mom couldn't. I even made small business cards from basic copy paper to hand out or leave on people's door and mailboxes. Yes, Francisco, I love that hustle. And he says, I did this regularly, especially in the summer, every year until I got my first part-time job hourly at 16. But there's still that reluctance, that awareness, that I'm emitting need, an echo of an echo of an echo of shame that will just never die away completely. Worse, I know so many in my denomination who do not, have never, and will never have to make such an effort. This truth is one of the few things that truly galls me, so I continually ask God to help me with it. The fact that I can do something like fundraise is shallow comfort compared to those who will never, ever in a million years even have to. And my anger and sadness at this this disparity likely will remain my whole life. Not to mention the exhaustion from the energy it takes to fundraise at this level in the first place. The fact that I'm behind in everything because I have to do this and only this for it to work at the expense of many other things, even if I am successful, it will only mitigate my sometimes dire position as the queer Latina working in the orbit of the whitest Christian denomination in the US. But it is a call and I'm sticking to it. And that's what it comes down to in the end, having a call and following it. But it's getting a bit heavy for me lately, friends. So say a prayer for me, that God give me refreshment for my spirit and that everything be okay in the end. I'm feeling a little shaky today. 
Oh, Francisco, shaky boots, stand up. You got this. Um, it's the yin and the yang. And, you know, callings that we get, they're, man, just callings as queer people, callings as Christians, calling the, a calling, period. A human calling is something that is heavy. It is something that we do not want. It is a burden that is given to us uh, from God or, or someone else and, 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 and something that we must face. And this is your challenge. This is your story. And uh, you are better for it. Even coming to a place where you know that you can ask God for this strength and you're already coming to the realization that this is something that you have to do and this is your the way it has to be for you um, is something that very makes the very fabric of who you are and will bring a lot of people peace. We lift you up, Francisco, and we pray for you to have that strength. If you would like to share, we're going to share on social. Um, you can go to funly.com slash funds for Francisco and contribute uh, uh, to Francisco um, because we know. We know the energy that it takes, and we lift you up. All right. Well, we have a praise report. This one was submitted to our website from Steph. Steph says, praise. I've been part of this Zoom-based online youth group called Beloved Rebel for several months now. This is a queer-affirming youth group that serves as a community and support system for queer kids literally across the world. It's become so popular via TikTok and Instagram that we have added a service for those in European time zones. Beloved, Love that. We do. And Beloved Rebel is hosted by an organization called Beloved Arise. Check them out and donate to them if possible. They are a great organization. They host the Queer Youth Faith Day. Um, so great organization to check out. Follow them on the social media, Beloved Arise. So we well, join Steph and certainly for something that. to be joyful for. Yeah. Um, and another thing to be joyful for is we are going to return right after this with the scripture of the day. Guess what, Azzy? Are you excited? I'm excited. Our freaking deacon, Ross Murray, has written a book. Yeah, and this book needs to be on the desk of every minister. Every minister needs this book. Whether you like it or not, LGBTQ people will always be in the church. And our ministers need to be equipped with how to show up for us. Pre-order the book, Made Known Loved, Developing the LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry with your favorite bookstore or online store today. Visit madeknownlove.org to learn more. Welcome back, Azzy. It's time for the Scripture of the Day. Scripture of the Day. Scripture of the day. It's soul food. It comes from John 20, 22. Tell it to us, Azzy. Jesus breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Ooh, Jesus breathed onto them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This, let's just start this episode out with doing some breathing exercises. So everyone, just sit. Please close your eyes, unless you are driving, because Jesus can't actually take the wheel. So please don't do that. <laughs> Just take a deep breath and inhale. Ah, exhale. Yes. Again, inhale. Ah, exhale. Oof, I feel lightheaded. That deep breathing felt so good. Deep breathing has been a part of meditation for a long time as well. Queers have been doing some deep breathing for a really long time. <laughs> and a lot of times it comes with poppers. But mm -hmm. poppers have gotten messy and controversial. Just like mm -hmm. everything in queer life, what's fun and gay without a little messy? Because... 
The FDA recently recommended that people not use poppers, saying that they cause adverse health effects. Okay, wait, stop. I think we might have to explain for some people what poppers are. Okay, first of all, we are not talking about jalapeno poppers, mm. okay? You can't find these kind of poppers at Applebee's or maybe in a bathroom. <laughs> maybe. You can't. <laughs> you still can't. You, you could can still use jalapeno poppers for sexual pleasure as much as you want. <laughs> we are not here to yuck anybody's yum. But this time we're talking about a different poppers. We're talking about amyl nitrate. Mm -hmm. That's right. Butal nitrate liquid gold. Poppers give an instant high when inhaled. The effects of poppers appear quickly and include dizziness, warm sensations, an increased heart rate, and headaches, and either a quickened libido or relaxing that lets, you know, certain things to get loosed up. Hmm, just loosen up, girl. The <laughs> FDA has come out against poppers, advising people to avoid them. Here are a couple of tweets directly from the FDA. FDA is advising consumers not to purchase or use nitrate poppers, which can result in serious adverse health effects, including death. These products are marketed as nail polish removers, but are being ingested or inhaled for recreational use. Poppers are sold online or at adult novelty stores and packaged in small bottles ranging from 10 to 40 milliliters. They appear similar to energy shots with brand names including Jungle Juice, Extreme Formula, Hardware, Quicksilver, and Super Rush. We will continue. <laughs> I felt all tickled, even you just saying that. <laughs> we will continue tracking reports of adverse events resulting from the ingestion or an inhalation of nitrate poppers. Contact your healthcare provider immediately if you are experiencing illness after using these products. So that's a tweet directly from the FDA advising against yeah. the use of poppers. Well, ding, diddle, ding, diddle, ding, ding, dong. That is just pretty bold. So, mm -hmm. what do poppers have to do with our little queer Christian pot? Well, to help answer that question, we have a very special guest with us today. Leo Herrera is a Mexican activist, filmmaker, and writer known for queer viral art films and short documentaries that tackle issues of queer politics, sex, HIV stigma, and history. We wanted to invite them here because to pop off because he did such a great Twitter takedown of the popper shaming. So thanks for helping us clear our head yes. and our lungs and get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Thank you. Leo. Bottoms of this. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> so was our description of poppers pretty accurate? Anything that you want to add to that? I think they're pretty accurate. Um, the thing that I would add is that, you know, the chemical that was created that that makes poppers is over 150 years old. They mm. were actually synthesized in 1844, and they've been used as a medicine for 150 years since the 1870s. Wow, okay. 1870s. How, how did poppers make this leap from being like a cleaning product to being used during sex? See, that's the that's the biggest misconception. It's the other way around. They were used as a medicine, then used for sex, and then they were repackaged as cleaners. In order to get them out to, and get them out to people. Yes. In this, so uh, amyl nitrate, which is the chemical that, uh, that used to be poppers before they sort of got changed around a little bit, was used well into the 1960s to treat heart conditions called angina oh. pectoris. So in the Victorian times... Um, the diets changed and the environment changed and 
middle affluent men were starting to experience this condition called angina pectoris, which was chest pains from all sorts of things. And so by the uh, by the 1870s, amyl nitrate is used as a treatment for it. And then that is sold as a medicine that is prescribed until 1960. And they come in these little tiny glass vials inside a cotton mesh that you pop, hence the name. And oh. in, in the 1960s, the FDA lifted the prescription ban and or lifted the prescription requirement and, you know, this is the 1960s, so everybody's extra crazy. And they start to get <laughs> a lot of complaints from these amyl companies that they're being used recreationally. So they, by 1968, they require a prescription again. But these makers have made all this money and all these queens have realized that they have other uses. And they repackage them as leather cleaner. And that's how you start. So it's actually a, a one of the uh, people came at me so hard because they're like, how are you defending, you know, nail polish remover, CD cleaner? And it's like, no, 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 it's the other way around. It was actually a sexual aid that was marketed as that so that the FDA didn't have any um, say over. So that. Leather, leather uh, is probably how it got in the, even more into uh, gay culture, like especially in the 60s time, like the whole, you know, leather culture movement. Yeah. And it's one of our biggest mysteries is how they make that leap, because it could be during any time. I mean, you have almost 100 years of history as to where I mean, there was a bunch of queens that at some point on their own realized, oh, if I sniff this, I can take it up the ass. Easier. <laughs> and they've been in like three world wars in the thirties, they were, they're, they're actually a cyanide the cyanide poisoning antidote. So literally they quite literally loosened the butthole, like quite literally. <laughs> I mean, that was how they were, that, that's how they were introduced to me um, as a young gay from an elder. <laughs> it was like, take this, this will loosen your butthole. Like, and it was like, what? So I think that that's something that I think was common knowledge. Give us your, your whole entire take on this FDA message. What is actually going on here? Well, the FDA has tried to ban poppers since 1968. And so mm -hmm. that, that none of the messaging that they put out is something that we haven't known. What I think is mm -hmm. happening are two things. One of them, and I think we have to be really, really explicit about this with our viewers or our listeners, is that they poppers can be lethal if you combine them with drugs or medical conditions that lower your blood pressure. Sure, like I heard Viagra is something that you Viagra, can erection medications, people with certain heart conditions. What poppers do is that they dilate your blood vessels, which makes your blood pressure go down and loosen up your muscles. If you combine these with boner pills, it can literally kill you. If you go mm -hmm. into, if you go into, um, you know, certain sex clubs, you'll see signs up that say, do not combine with Cialis or Viagra or Levitra. In 2010, a very well-known gay activist died of, you know, Levitra and poppers. So we've known these dangers for a long time. Um, but I think I usually like how it happens. Um, I think straight people started drinking them. And anecdotally, I've heard, I got a lot of responses where a lot of straight people have thought that they're <laughs> five-hour energy drinks. Yeah. No! <laughs> so Bless their hearts. And, you know, oh it, because the timing is very mysterious about it. So um, usually 
there's a little homophobia. What, what is like the equivalent? I feel like that's like me like eating it, like swallowing a diaphragm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, very, it's a very, very similar situation. It's very that, yeah. It's totally very that. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think anything that the FDA said was new. They actually don't have the ability. To, there have been drug acts several times that have tried to ban them, but there's always a commercial use exemption, which is why you see them as they started off as latex cleaner, rubber cleaner, a VHS head cleaner. Now they're nail polish removers. So they always have different uses. And, you know, it's one of the things that gay people do is fly under the radar. It's difficult for us to find out if there's any long-term dangers of popper usage because there's not really the data, right, to back that up. So, you know, and that goes to the larger issues of how underrepresented we are in, in medical studies for our sexuality. So we basically have anecdotal evidence and, you know, there's not a lot of, there's, there's not many poppers use studies, inhalant studies, because they're not the same kind of inhalant as other things. Um, they can be, you know, made at home. Um, so it kind of, it's a reflection of the larger sort of systemic homophobia that we deal with in the medical profession and within our own sexuality. That point to me, I thought was like the hero of this conversation. It's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on because I thought that uh, that came to my attention via your commentary on this. And I was like, you know, it's so true. Like I always, I always get so, um, I don't know, angry for lack of a better term, when I realize how little studies we have, how much, how our history has been either diluted or removed completely or, or just not even researched or, we've not even cared for you know um it's the same kind of anger that i got when we were taken out of the census this year just sheer knowing our numbers and knowing certain things and having our data gives us power and this is something we don't have the data on to make a move like that correct and you know i made a comment that was saying that poppers are as large of an icon as like judy the rainbow flag stonewall and i got some pushback <laughs> about it but what i was saying was that you know they have been around in the way that we know them because you have to remember that poppers stopped being popped in like the 1960s but we've called them that for 50 years even the, when they've come in bottles because how you were saying they are introduced to us by older men there's they're a form of oral history in a way, but we don't know anything about it. None of my followers knew anything about it. I, anytime I ask, like, what does everybody want to know about, about queer history? Poppers are like half of the answer every single time. And there's a level of sadness to that to me that we have something that's been part of our culture for so long, but because of a failure of the medical profession and, and homophobia and bottom shame and sexual shame, we have no idea what they how they work, where they come from. You know, we don't know. All, we have all of these misconceptions about them. Um, in the 80s, they were suspected as being the cause of AIDS mm. because there was mm. so much overlap in men who were using poppers and men who were getting HIV and AIDS. So we spent the entire 80s and well into the 90s suspecting them as the cause of AIDS, which we now know is not the case. With that same data, we could blame fleet enemas. 
Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like just this is again back to bottom blaming. Like I feel like um, um, I'm an HIV activist, and I've heard a lot of stories, and I've heard a lot of personal accounts, and I know a lot of statistics. Some that I'm really glad to know, and some that I wish I didn't know. But uh, one of the things that I was sitting at a Sage table dinner, and I, I was with a lot of elders who were talking to me about the AIDS crisis, and I said, "What? How did you survive?" And a lot of them were like, "We were the tops." You know, and I think that that, that that that's weird, you know, and, and, and a harrowing statistic to know. But again, when people are looking at what was causing HIV without knowing it's something else uh, that, you know, a lot of times poppers are primarily used by the bottom in a lot of these scenarios. And so that's easy. So the very little data that we know, the, the you know, without finding out what the reason was, you know, a straight doctor looking at that might not be able to put the two and two together as that being the cause rather than it being something that you would uh, blame it on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And there's, you know, there are indirect links because they do dilate your blood vessels. So maybe that allows the virus to go in or, you know, they allow for more risky behavior or they might suppress your immune system. But that's, it's so insane to me that in 2021, we still don't have the data. So when I saw that FDA warning, I thought, well, isn't that convenient? It's only when you guys want to tell us not to do something that it's okay and that you're suddenly interested. And that's been the case with messaging since the beginning of the AIDS crisis. You know, like we always get (laughs) <laughs> the shit end of the stick <laughs> because it's always about telling us no when it suits somebody or makes them uncomfortable but it's never about giving us actual factual information and that's very frustrating it's it's amazing to me that they've remained legal in our society for so long our society is so structured around straight people sex uh and we do like to stigmatize or even criminalize the queer, sexy stuff in our country. Uh, anything, you know, uh, they stay out of our bedroom um, unless they feel like they want to stick our nose in our bedroom. And so it, we don't have a lot of the good information that comes with some of this stuff that uh, perhaps is homo- homophobic based. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Leo, you know, a big part of our community are our sober siblings and who are coming out of Kim sex addiction and poppers is a part of their, you know, not doing poppers as part of their sober plan. Um, are there any natural alternatives or anything that would be a good alternative to poppers? Yams, oysters? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that was something that some folks asked because the sobriety issue is was actually one of them. That was a topic that came out of nowhere for me. Um, when I ask those questions, um, a lot of sober folks, you know, for them, poppers is a harm reduction. For other folks, it was a reset of the sobriety calendar. Um, so I found that it was a very, very personal take on on that. Um, okay. The only natural alternatives that I found was breath control. Um, mm. BDSM has so much tradition about breath control and um, oxygen deprivation, which on its own has, you know, a lot of dangers and you have to be very aware of your limitations and consent and safe words and all of that stuff. But that's the thing that I think that's what comes the closest. Somebody sent me a meme with them um, sniffing like apple, apple, <laughs> apple vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> See, I'm more likely to have like, you know, like a Bath and Body Works plug in or something. <laughs> if I was trying to find an alternative, I could really huff that Christmas tree smell. I do love it. Um, you know, so like, so straight people have discovered poppers. What's up with that? I think it was part of the disco era. I don't think Liza Minnelli is a stranger to a bottle of poppers. Uh, is what no. I'm saying. <laughs> there is actually a cover story in the Wall Street Journal in 1977, and they're talking about all these straight people doing poppers because by 1977, it was like a $50 million a year industry. Um, if you go to Europe or Berlin, you see a lot of straight people do poppers. So it's not that uncommon. So it was a big part of the rave scene in the 90s. Um, I just don't know what these kids are doing on TikTok and showing these straight girls and not explaining to them that they shouldn't be drinking them. So I think oh that's gosh. the real problem. Yeah, in some Christian traditions, we have sacraments like water is used for baptism, bread and wine are used as communion. And you told us that you think that poppers can be considered a sacrament. So tell us more about tell us more about that. I try to find moments of tradition and spirituality in our everyday queer use or everyday queer lives. And I find poppers to have so much of what a sacrament is. There's a, there's a certain traditional aspect to it. There's a certain oral history aspect to it. Um, you get poppers pretty much from an, everybody I know has used poppers for the first time because of an older man who used them from an older man who used them from an older man. So there's something that's very beautiful about them, which might sound mm -hmm. cheesy to somebody who thinks they're just gross. But mm -hmm. there's also a, you know, there's a ritual involved in it and a, a sense of, of anticipation and, you know, the sort of synesthesia that they give you and the, you know, they're a mild psychoactive and they're a hallucinogenic. So you can mm -hmm. very much see God in the right, oh, in the honey, right moment can with you? a big enough dick <laughs> you will see the Lord. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't make that up. <laughs> yeah and there's and there's and there's a certain reverence that comes with it too um you know and a mindfulness that it must be practiced with if you're going to choose to do it as well you know um so i i get that that makes total sense you know, not everyone in the gay community uses poppers. Some just don't like it and then there are some who are completely morally opposed to them. Why do you think we have this range of reactions? You know, I think what's interesting about poppers is that they, our view of poppers tends to reflect our view of gay sex as a whole. You know, they were our open secret in the 60s. They were celebrated in the 70s during the queer and sexual liberation. In the 80s, they were reviled and suspected of causing HIV, which meant they were stigmatized. In the 90s, during the drug wars, you know, they were illegalized. And then now after PrEP and, you know, the resurgence of a different kind of sexual liberation, we're mm. talking about them again. So they're, it's very fascinating and it's very interesting depending on who it is and who's talking about them. Their view of sex sort of gets funneled into their view of poppers. So if you tend to be very sex negative, you're going to have a very specific idea of them. So I always think it's almost a reflection, which is, again, what makes them so iconic and makes them such a cultural force. So I think that's always really, really interesting when people have a moral opposition to them, because it tends to reflect a little bit of how they feel about sexuality and, and you know, and pleasure. What was interesting to me is a lot of the people that came really hard for me about the poppers 
tended to be like gym queens that are, you know, like pump full of steroids and doing all sorts of dangerous stuff. And they're like, you should live, you know, clean living. And I'm like, well, <laughs> don't throw stones, sis. <laughs> like, out here. <laughs> yeah, like it or not, uh, use them or abuse them. Poppers are a part of our queer culture. I mean, it, they just are. Um, whether they'll be a part of history or the future, that remains to be seen on, you know, how... Uh, much they mean to the community and, and how much research we can actually get them to do out there to find out uh, what is what. Uh, but final question on the subject, uh, what are your thoughts on jalapeno poppers? Are you for or against them? <laughs> I'm Mexican, so I have conflicted notions of it, but a good jalapeno poppers when you're really, really stoned is really sort of nothing like it. <laughs> And, and you know what? If you're ever in Las Vegas, go to the Garage Bar, a wonderful little gay bar there. They have great jalapeno poppers. And if it's a gay bar, you probably can find actual poppers as well. All right. Here's the thing. Yash Jesus, <laughs> Yash Jesus is a sex-positive, non-slut-shaming show. There are some listeners who don't like poppers, and that's okay. And there's some who are very into them, and that's okay, too. We don't know yuck anybody's yum, and you get your yum where it works for you. And we're so thankful, Leo Herrera, that you are, yeah, you helped us today to have a little bit more context, history, and perspective on the story. So thank you for your time and joining us today in, in understanding this mess. Before we let you go, uh, tell us a little bit about Father's, Father's Project. Um, Father's Project is a multimedia project that I have been working on for the last five years that imagines the world if AIDS never happened and a generation lived to change the world. Um, you can follow more of that project on my Instagram at Herrera Images and view the entire 45-minute uncut film, which includes poppers that cure STDs. <laughs> 45, 45 minutes, no STDs, poppers and uncut, I'm in. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Leo Herrera, uh, for joining us today. Uh, we loved having you. Um, you guys, for your tithe, your love offering, your charity, your act of good, this is what we're asking from you this week. We did a deep breathing exercise at the beginning of this episode, and yes, it was a bit of a joke, but this is a really good spiritual practice. Spend a little time doing some deep breathing. Honey, I was in the ER the other night and with a 104-degree <laughs> fever, and honestly, the I, I closed my eyes as I waited in that waiting room for two hours to be seen, and I just focused on my breath, and that really helped me, so truly a wonderful spiritual practice that will help you transcend your suffering honey yeah to take some deep breathing don't use up all your poppers on this one that's a waste of good poppers <laughs> and if you need a pattern to do it think of four seven eight inhale for four seconds hold your breath for seven seconds and then exhale exhale for eight seconds and do that about five to ten times and it will set you up for the day and leo we'd love for you to join us in prayer I think a lot of us worship different kind of forces in the universe. So for me, I pray to my angels and our ancestors and the universal force that keeps us all safe. And I'd like to hope and pray that our extended community and our family finds themselves safe as we do these reopenings and take our masks off and give each other hugs and that we remain healthy for the rest of the summer and the rest of the year. And we'd like to thank you uh, for Leo Herrera and his voice, his advocacy, and his heart and his art. Keep using him to spread a message of love, acceptance, queer delight, and joy. And for people to get pleasure and joy from the places that are right for them and to the ending of shaming. 
Uh, we give you thanks for Minnesota banning conversion therapy. May those bans spread throughout the country so that this dangerous practice can be ended once and for all. And for Francisco, ending his dissertation, fundraising to be able to live his life, give him strength and give those around him a spirit of generosity. And thanks for Beloved Rebel. Queer kids around the globe need help and support, and we are thankful that Beloved Rebel is answering the call. Thank you and amen. And thank you for listening to another episode of Yas Jesus. You can find us at social media at Yas Jesus Pod or on our website at YasJesusPod.com. Hey, Queen, you can leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a recording on yasjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, episode ideas, guest ideas, or even just a pop-off. I want to see you pop <laughs> off. Uh, we want to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi, and... And the Azariah Southworth. Oh. Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by fr- the freaking Deacon Ross Murray. And special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yash Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bastilios, and Steve Michaels. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, God loves you just as you are. So keep praising the Lord, y'all.